I'm just saying that iceberg is uh, is trash lettuce for trash people. Welcome to Geeks Without God with Molly Glover, Nick Glover, and Tim Wick. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. This week on Geeks Without God, we are once again joined by our Marvel expert, Mark Sherman, to talk about the new Disney Plus series, Hawkeye. As per usual, we are going to spoil the shit out of it. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Welcome to Geeks Without God. I am your host, Molly Glover, joined as always by my co-hosts, Nick Glover, Twang, and Tim Wick. <laughs> Tim Wick, thwip, but I don't know if you could hear it. No, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't thwip. It was thup. Oh, thup, like an arrow. Like an arrow. Ah, yeah. which is very cool because we have our wonderful Marvel expert, Mark Sherman, here to talk Marvel. Hey, Mark. Hello again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We are coming to you live via Zoom. Uh, Well, technically recorded via Zoom. We're live now. You're listening to a recording in case you just got confused. It's a confusing time, but uh, Omicron has made it so that we are back on our Zoom bullshit for the foreseeable future. Thank you, anti-vaxxers. This is great. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Fuck all of you. We're here to talk about Marvel's Hawkeye on Disney Plus, amazing television show, uh, live action starring Jeremy Renner and Haley Steinfeld. We're going to spoil the shit out of it. Uh, We're going to ruin it. Spoilers. There is some stuff to spoil here, legit, especially if you are in the, into the MCU. Uh, if you have been a a, uh, a Netflix show fan and uh, all that, but you haven't watched Hawkeye yet, fucking go watch it, man. It's it's great. It's short. It's eight episodes. Six, I think. Six. It's eight episodes. <clears throat> is it six? No. I think, I it's, it I think it's six. Oh, my God. Six. It's six episodes. Get off your lazy butt. Go watch it. Yeah, uh, and a few of them are really short, like unfortunately yeah. short. Yeah. So stop this episode right now. Okay, so the rest of you who are very cool and have stayed, uh, clearly we're going to talk about this. How good was Marvel's Hawkeye, y'all? What did you think? I mean, it made Jeremy Renner likable. <laughs> I mean, so. technically it was just Hawkeye that was likable. Jeremy Renner's still a dick. Uh, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Tim, I know what Nick thought because we watched it together. What did you think? I <laughs> uh, really enjoyed it. Um you know, it's always interesting to me to see uh, what my kids think. They have terrible taste. Um, <laughs> well, they, they're your kids. <laughs> they, 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 they like thought thought Captain thought uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier was kind of eh. And I'm like, nope, it was great. You just don't understand all the race shit that was going on in there. So shut up. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, it's all right. I can talk about my kids that way. They're not in the room. Uh, but uh, you talk about I, them that way when they are in the room. I do. <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, it was. Um, it was really tight. I, I enjoyed what what they were doing with it. They did a good job, really dealing with a lot of the PTSD that Hawkeye's going through in the aftermath of the snap and in losing, in losing uh, uh, Natasha. It, it uh, and and they did some really good stuff with uh, with Kate Bishop that uh, I thought was good. Now I'm, I'm not a 
I don't know the comic, the the fraction run in the comics at all. Yeah. I didn't read that. So from that perspective, I didn't really have any any like, oh shit, this is this part of the comics, or this is something right. from that part of the comics. So, but it was so it was still still really enjoyable. The thing about that is that frankly they lifted more of a visual aesthetic from yes. David Aha's work than they did from, from the plot line of it. The the closest that we got to plot elements being brought up directly from that was the inclusion of the tracksuit Draculas, who are one yeah. of my favorite villains in Marvel comics because the tracksuit just, Draculas. Um, uh, but other than that, actually, I would say it lifted more from daredevil um, in a lot of ways. There's, yeah, uh, some of the ma- big couple plot points were straight out of some Daredevil uh, or Daredevil adjacent comics. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I, I mean, I, I really loved it. Yeah, I loved uh, it. I loved it too. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, the the visual style, the tone of the characters is kind of yeah. like spot on for what I want. Um, like they they went into some inclusion of like uh, deaf characters without having someone that's not an actor that isn't deaf playing, you know, uh, deaf. She was deaf and native. Yes. It was great. Uh, <laughs> so, De- deaf like, and native and an amputee. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so they, they, and, uh, and this is like her first acting gig too, I think. Yep. Um, yeah. She was great. I, I feel like, yeah, this was like the opposite of the, the Netflix Marvel stuff. Uh, this was uh, short and sweet and they didn't like waste any time. It was, yes. Like there were no I, wasted episodes. It was, every episode, I felt like I wanted more at the end. Yeah, yeah. and it, and it was grim without ever feeling daunting. Some of those Netflix shows point. got to be pretty brutal by the time you got to the wrap up on there. But this never, never didn't feel like fun. Even after we had surprise kingpins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tim, did you feel? Did were you surprised by Kingpin, or did, did you see that coming? Uh, I was surprised because I was pretty sure that uh, Eleanor Bishop, we, yeah. were, we were like halfway through mm. the series. I'm like, Eleanor Bishop's the big bad. And, and yeah. they're, like, yeah. they're like, what? I'm like, we never saw her dad die. Her, She just showed up. Uh, yeah. She shows up. It's like, what happened to her dad? And where was her mom that whole time? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, I, I totally was, was down with Eleanor having actually murdered her father. Um, to take it, over oh, the Kate's business. Oh, Kate's father. Kate's yeah, having fa- murdered oh, Kate's yeah. father. Yeah. I mean, we still don't know that she didn't. We don't That's know true. that she didn't. We don't. Uh, but I mean, so I saw that there was a heel turn there, and I didn't see the, I didn't see the kingpin was going to be part of it. Yeah, we uh, also like pretty much like first episode, we were like. Uh, something's up with her mom. I don't know, yeah. man. Like her mom, mm-hmm. her mom seems too. It seems too good. It seems too like she's all rich. She works for a security firm. Like she owns a security firm. That's very shady. Yeah. In uh, in her apartment, when like Kate's place burns down and she's spending a lot of time at her at her mom's place, a lot of the furniture and a lot of the stuff in the background all had uh, hexagon designs mm-hmm. and like mm. hex patterns to it. And so I was expecting or maybe thinking that we were going to get some like aim, aim stuff, yeah. stuff with her. Sure. Well, you know Mark, what? what I- now, now they're fucking with you because they know you're looking for it. Yeah. yeah. Mark, what about you? Were, you? were you were you surprised by Kingpin or did you like at what point oh, if you mm- saw it coming, at what point did you think it was coming? 
Oh, like episode two or three. Mm. Um, Hawkeye made some sort of offhanded reference about you don't know who's at the top of all of this. And I was like, I honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm too plugged into enough of the gossip to, uh, to not okay. think that that was coming. Um, I it just, it, it felt like the appropriate time for me or for them to, for, for me, it felt like the appropriate time for them to introduce that into this. Um, I, I mean, for, for me, the biggest twist was the reverse heel turn of Jack Duquesne. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, he was just a lovable doof the entire time. I had no idea. Yeah. Nick was like, that guy's gotta be sword master, right? Like swordsman. that's yeah. Sword, swordsman. Yeah. Yeah. Swordsman. yeah. Well, I guess they must be saving swordsmen for Nazi children. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I, uh, I, yeah, I thought, man, like clearly, uh, Dalton had Tony Dalton had so much fun with that role. Oh, God, yeah. Like, uh, uh, you know, we remember when you peed your pants, everyone does. Everyone like, does. Everyone <laughs> does. Like, and the, the sword fighting, like, tete a tete stuff. And then when he actually, like, lets loose with the sword, like, oh my God, that intervention conversation on the couch where they're having, like, a mom and daughter conversation. He's just hanging out, adding his little tidbits to things and being just, a little oversherry about the relationship. A, just being a new stepdad in yeah. that stepdad way. <laughs> I really really hope they bring him we see more of him in something because it feels like a waste not to yeah absolutely so okay let's talk uh while we're talking things we love let's talk uh favorite characters and or favorite moments i'm not going to get you granular here but like if you if you had a favorite character and then if you had a, a moment that you realized that character you loved uh i i will go first i have a soft spot for Haley steinfeld i have since i saw her in true grit uh i am obsessed with her in a very legal and normal way <laughs> like legitimately think she's so great and uh Molly, I that Molly, she, she's over 18 it's okay he is now <laughs> her uh her her quirkiness with kate bishop her uh the hero worship she put in her eyes whenever she saw hawkeye whenever she was talking to clint she just looked like she had those steven universe star pupils where she's just like oh like just and then every time we just we saw some really quick shots of her bedroom here and there and it was just all the medals and and i just loved that it was like it would have been very easy to have what happened to her in 2012 you know her building torn apart you know seeing all that awful destruction and for her to just like shatter and that's that whole marvel thing is like heroes are born not or you know made there it's something inside you that makes you a hero you know and she saw all that and was like i want to be out there fighting with him that guy mm-hmm. is just a guy he doesn't have powers and that made her you know i just thought she was so nuanced and great and she brought all that not quite a teenager but you're not an adult yet what is she 20 i think in the I, in the 22 i think 22 okay. cuz she could drink that, yeah, but mm-hmm. she's but she's 22. She's a rich kid, 22. So we'll, we'll, we'll oh, think yeah. of it like maybe emotionally 19. Right. Like she's she hasn't you know had to do much except for go to college and, and fuck around and have her parents pay for shit. Right. So mm-hmm. it's pretty I thought she did a really nuanced performance. Yeah. Uh, Tim, what do you what was your favorite character slash moment? Uh, you know, I was um, I was going to go with uh, I was going to go with Elena. I thought they did a great job mm. with her. Uh, but actually, I want to go with the uh, fireman LARPer guy, whose name I can't Grills. remember Grills. right now. Grills. Grills. Yeah. Grills. Who's is a very great. different character than the comics. Yeah. Yes, well, but I'm, I was happy for it. 
Yeah. It was, it, it was just, it was, he was a, he was a fun character. Super. He was like, yeah, whatever. This is Hawkeye. I'm totally, I'm, <laughs> I'm totally hanging with Hawkeye right now. But, but it, it was, wasn't like hero worship the way, the way Kate right. is doing. It's right. just like, dude, I get to, I get to LARP with Hawkeye. <laughs> Plus, there's a, there's not a, a subtle bit of uh, political commentary there when all of the first responders decide they'd be more effective out of uniform. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 I did. I did. I liked. I agree with you, Tim. I thought he was great. And just especially with it, like, okay, but like, can I just borrow your armor? I just need to borrow your armor. It's like, well, what's in it for me? You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you got to help me out. <laughs> Oh, and favorite um, moment was when the one dude from the tracksuit mafia in the final fight stops for a moment to tell Kate that he took her advice and it worked. Yeah. yeah. I that love nice. that. That was beautiful. I, sw- I switched the tickets. I get Maroon 5. She's very happy. <laughs> <laughs> Arm broken. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mark, what about you? Uh, you, you want to do a little audience participation with me? We do a little call and response. Yeah, of course. All right. I'm going to say something and then you just respond. Yeah. Okay. 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 All right. Mock. Yeah. yeah. Ing. Yeah. yeah. Bird. Yeah. yeah. Mockingbird. Yeah. yeah. Baby. I mean, she's got the watch. It's got to be. It's got to be, right? We had Mockingbird in S.H.I.E.L.D. Yep. In Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But like there, this is like a, a do-over. I'm, we, I'm, yeah. well, I'm hoping they, uh, they go with the, uh, the Agent 19 uh, or the Mockingbird call sign is the shield response to the Red Room and the, the Black Widows. So just sure. to make it clear for people who may not uh, have picked up on this Easter egg, you are talking about Hawkeye's wife, uh, Clint's wife. Uh, Linda Cardellini, yes. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, who plays, a, I don't remember what character she plays because her name is not. It's uh, Laura. Isn't it Laura, Laura Barton? Barton? I think so. Okay. Yeah. And it's and, and the reason that you're confident that she's Mockingbird. Uh, so the 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 MacGuffin that Hawkeye was after this entire time, besides the suit, was a watch that was clearly gifted to her from Shield, identifying her as Agent Nineteen, rather identifying her with the number nineteen, suggesting mm-hmm. she is Agent Nineteen, which is traditionally the call sign used by Bobby Morse, who mm-hmm. is also known as Mockingbird and can- canonically Hawkeye's ex-wife. Yes. yes. So I think, I think that's pretty great. Uh, I get that they're splitting, you know, we did have Bobby Morris in the MCU. Well, not the MCU, but agents of shield, which has Phil Coulson crossover. So it's, it's, it's there is crossover there. It, it's um, pretty much canonical. We didn't watch the last season, so who the fuck yeah. knows? But mm-hmm. but uh, so that's yeah, I agree. I think that's very cool. Nick, yeah. Uh, favorite character slash moment? Uh, you know, uh, yeah, uh, I I still really love Florence Pugh as uh, Yelena Belova. Yeah. Uh, there's so much to like, and there's so many characters that I really really loved in this show. So it's hard to pick because there's yeah. really great options. But I'm gonna go with her um, specifically, like. The chemistry of the quipping and the fighting between her and Kate Bishop. Yeah. Oh my god, that so mac good. and cheese scene. And oh. yeah, the mac and cheese scene, the the like constantly using her full name, Kate you know, Bishop. like mm-hmm. whoa, that's very good, Kate Bishop. Is it was so great, and like this, um, you know, obviously they've laid a lot of the foundation to do like a Young Avengers thing, mm-hmm. and I don't see any reason why they couldn't 
have their own Black Widow with Yelena mm-hmm. as well. Instead of doing like a Dark Avengers team, which is what she was the, the Black Widow on, have her be like a, a the next generation of Avengers yeah. Black Widow. Um, because they're great together. They they uh, uh, they they fought well together. It was like it was fun and enjoyable and, and entertaining yeah. and, and funny. Oh yeah, I want yeah. I, w- I want a, I want a Kate Bishop Yelena team up pretty badly. Yeah, yeah. I want, it's, I want it's that good- movie. It's yeah. good closure for her arc because now she's the big sister. Right. Yes, very much. And also the the she recognizes in Kate Kate's talent. Like she's, yeah. you know, I know uh, uh, Yelena has seen dozens of widows, you know, go through the program and and has so she knows, you know, real recognize real, yeah. as it were. The, there's that moment, too, when uh, uh, Kate and Clint are bonding and, and drinking together. And she asks him, you know, best shot you ever took. And he says the shot he didn't take. And he's mm-hmm. clearly talking about uh, Natasha and how he had the opportunity to kill her and he didn't. And, you know, how she got brought in from the cold and all that jazz. Yeah. Um, there is a moment in that same episode, I think, or maybe it's the very next episode where Kate has her bow drawn back and she has Yelena dead to rights. And she, she doesn't take the shot. And Yelna jumps. Mm-hmm. And so this moment that the original Hawkeye and the original Black mm-hmm. Widow had, that's kind of a legendary moment that we never really saw. That was something that is at the beginning of their relationship together. We got to see that moment with these two characters. With a new Hawkeye and a new Black Widow. New, yeah. I think so. I, I think so. And I, I just, uh, I really enjoyed that. I thought yeah. that was kind of sweet too. Uh, so this was six tight episodes. Was there anything you didn't like? Was there any... I mean, any criticism, any part where you were like, eh, enough of this? Uh, Yeah, to be perfectly honest, um, I think that they used Kingpin like a cartoon, um, Mm. which is not the same way that he had been portrayed in the series up to this point. So while I don't think that they're going for this isn't your Kingpin, it gives them an out in case they decide to go in that direction. And now that they've got, you know, multiverse nonsense happening right now, it's possible they can do that but i i don't know i think i don't think that they misused him but he's certainly much more super than he ever was on the netflix shows and that is a change for the character i mean he definitely was i mean kate shot him in the chest and with an arrow and he just broke it off and kept coming well Um, we know that we know that the power broker is out there from uh you know, Winter Soldier, Falcon mm-hmm. and Winter Soldier, and like there, there seems to be a sort of superpower and and also gadget arms race happening in the background of the world right now. There's mm-hmm. more and more people popping up with with something super about them. I wouldn't well, doubt that he had his hands on. You know, they some, are planning an armor wars like series or movie, aren't they? So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, yep, they are starring a uh, war machine. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah. something that I think is is interesting about that too is like, do we think Kingpin's dead? No. Oh God, no. No. Uh, yeah. no. I don't think there's any no. way. Well, uh, they didn't plucked directly can... out of an issue of, of yeah. Daredevil. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they they move the camera out of the shot. They move him out of the shot before the gun fires. It's like if you can't figure out that Kingpin's not dead, then I... yeah. 
Yeah. So a, a little context for that. So that is that sequence right there is more or less shot for shot out of the end of was that Kevin Smith's run? Um, uh, or yeah. it's, or maybe and it might have been Casada right after Kevin Smith doing the fill in work in between that and Bendis taking over. I can't yeah. remember exactly what it was. I think I think it might be that latter one. Regardless, early, early aughts. Yeah. Early aughts, late 90s, early aughts. Basically, that was an editorial decision to to have Echo break free of control. In the comics, Echo is is in basically the same situation um, that she is now, except instead of blaming Hawkeye for killing her dad, it's uh, blaming Daredevil for killing her dad. Sure, sure. Um, And... Uh, so she finally, you know, is convinced to to leave or take off or do her own thing. And she shoots him in a back alley just like that. Um, although the Hawaiian shirt is taken from a whole different arc yeah. altogether. Family um, business. But um, that that was used as an opportunity to bring Kingpin closer to Daredevil in, and less of like Spider-Man. And they did this by making that shot turn him blind for a while right so they tried to make them sort of mirrors of each other and then eventually they hand waved eye transplants and it went away everyone forgot all about it but um yeah it's his ironic fate yes he's he is blinded like his nemesis i don't think Mm -hmm. we're gonna get a different uh version of kingpin i think we're still gonna get vince d'onofrio and i the reason i think that is because they brought in they brought in uh, Matt Murdock into the Spider-Verse, you know, as it were. Right. And so, yep. like, I think that, that that's really signaling that that's they're going to be continuing with that. But I, I agree with that as well. And, you know, and I, I, you know, not to get off on a Spider-Man tangent, I'm pretty sure you've already done that one. But I walked into that movie going, if I don't see Jen Walters or Matt Murdock in this at some point, I was going to be very upset. And, yeah, yeah. boy, they didn't fuck around with that at all. It was <laughs> just like... like Let's make sure we don't upset Mark. They just yeah. did it. They're like, get it out of <laughs> yeah. the way. Yeah. Tim, Honestly, Tim, it would have been too distracting if they hadn't. Tim or or Nick, did you have anything that you didn't like about the show that we haven't already talked about? I have like the most incredibly minor of nitpicks that is Ooh. such like a fanboy. Oh, yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> get into it. Uh, it there is a uh, joke that from the 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 run that a lot of this is is borrowing mm-hmm. from uh is this about the trick arrows uh no but i that i, I like that actually but yeah. um there the the guy in the comic grills who is a very different character than grills is in the show mm-hmm. calls clint hawk yep. guy h-a-w-k-g-u-y hawk guy hawk guy and mm. and there's this exchange between them where he's like, no, I, I. And he's like, yeah, you, you, Hawkeye. <laughs> and so um, I was hoping that we did at some moment get that stupid little quip since we got our tracksuit Draculas. We didn't. Yep. It's the most minor yeah. quibble, but I would have liked to see it. I thought it was a funny thing. I, I had the yeah. same thought. And I would have also appreciated if grills, you know, at one point was operating a grill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Tim, you, anything? The, um, the thing that I was a little bit disappointed with the, um, the second in command in Kingpin's, uh, organization was it Kit was his name. Uh, I'm going to say yes. Cause he looked like Kit Harrington. So just we're just going to say yeah. yes. <laughs> uh, but um, what, what bugged me about him, I, I thought he was fine for most of it, but then there's like a point where Hawkeye shoots an arrow at him and he catches it. And I'm like, 
there has been nothing that I've seen so far that indicates this dude's badass enough to catch an arrow fired by Hawkeye. And there was nothing you saw after that that indicated he was badass enough to catch an arrow fired by Hawkeye. Yeah, mostly Um, he bleeds and pees on himself. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that was an everybody gets one thing. (laughs) it It just kind of was like, where the fuck did that come from? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and because there wasn't, it it didn't, it, and then it went away. It that that was like doubly really kind yeah. of a moment that I was just like, what's going on? Yeah. Couldn't he have just like ducked or something to, get, you know, instead of being yeah, like, oh, right? this guy's way worse than we thought. Um, yeah, and then Echo would... just basically kicks his ass. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, uh, my, my main thing was, was the hot guy thing like Nick. So I'll just, I'll just, uh, I'll pass on this one, but yeah, it's so dumb, but I just like, I like, I, I, I have, I love this, this fraction aha run so much that I have, I have a, I made a cross stitch of it. Like yeah. I, I, I love it very much. So I was, that was one thing I was really hopeful for, but we, we didn't get a, a hot blocked moment. Yeah, uh, we didn't get a hawk uh, block that's, moment. That's, that's hawk block okay. would have been my other one too that I missed. But I mean, honestly, I would have appreciated if they played with some of the graphic design a little bit. Like they had a lot of opportunities to amp up the comic bookiness of this in the way that uh, David Aha does, and I think that might have benefited the show to some degree. I think the credits really took care of that, especially that I think one of the most imaginative and amazing parts of the show is that first episode's opening credit sequence where they show us Kate Bishop's life. They take us through like they first we the op, the, ep, the prologue is little Kate Bishop and the, the attack of 2012 and all that. And then they they take us through the next nine years of her life and her winning archery competitions and her taking martial arts and her taking ballet and her doing all fencing and all of that. And it just, it, and then all of a sudden the show starts and it's like, Oh my God, if this had been the Netflix show, that would have been six episodes of filler. (laughs) (laughs) I, I do like that. They, you know, on that note, um, we, we are getting, uh, more of our in, in in the latest Marvel stuff, especially the TV shows, we are seeing more of how the events of the superheroes have affected people that aren't superheroes. Yeah, and and I think that is a, a very thematic thing that is common in Marvel comics. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're they're going to be doing a damage control series, aren't they? Uh, that's I think that's just rumored. Okay, but I God, I hope so. I mean, they've already established they exist. Yeah. In, in uh, um, Spider-Man. Spider-Man, yeah, yeah. but so, I, I, I would, I would love to see more of that. But yeah, I mean, the the trauma associated with, yes. with like that's the whole fucking plot of falcon and winter soldier and that's always been where marvel's heart is like dc sort of just pretends that none of that i mean they tried yeah but it's never like it's always like mass scale gods to at least to me it always seems like mass scale just damage and destruction gods duking it out whereas marvel's always been more about like the street level heroes or like if we have a god it's more of a like and then what is it like for him because it sucks to be a god right like yeah but i think i think the difference between the way dc does it i and especially the DC films and, and Marvel does it is, um, I mean, yeah, these people have the weight of the world on their shoulders, but they can still, I mean, they're still going to sit down and crack jokes about it. Right. Um, they're, 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 they aren't just spending their entire life being miserable about being a superhero. 
because, you know, Spider-Man, you know, as we talked about in the in the No Way Home episode, it's like Peter Parker has the worst life of anybody. It's like <laughs> he makes all the right choices and he gets fucked over every time. He's, and he's, oh, still, he's so poor. Ew. <laughs> and, he's still, and he's still cracking wise every time he's fighting somebody. Yeah. That's yeah. called a coping mechanism. It is, but it's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. But well, his coping you know, mechanism is interesting and it makes him more human as opposed to the coping mechanism of just about everybody in the DCU. You mean where, where Superman's coping miserable. mechanism? Well, Superman's coping mechanism is to literally go into a miniature world of his own creation <laughs> and hide right. away from everything. In very relatable. That, was, that only he can get to. Yeah, very, um, very And Batman's very coping cool. mechanism is literally to be Batman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, in the... Beat up the, some the, poor people. <laughs> the 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 hurdle that I think that really separates the two of them is just their their general philosophy where they come from. DC has always gone for for archetypes like Campbellian archetypes, yeah, strong yeah. heroic types that follow very specific arcs. But Marvel yeah. always came to things from people first. Yes, humans in extraordinary circumstances. Great areas. And that's not always the case with DC stuff. And I know if our friend John ever listened to this, he would have some sort of a, a deep argument for it. But I make no apologies for that uh, that opinion on there. I think DC's characters aren't as interesting because they're rarely human beings first. Yeah, and, and it I comes think, right down. Oh, I think that that and and next. here for me, it's also I think there's a big difference between the movies and. The movies and the comics. I am in. I find DC Comics interesting. I've read a lot of them, and yeah, the characters are different. And I think Marvel's more interesting in general. But I think in the movies, they've really been able to lean into making these characters relatable and interesting in the mm-hmm. MCU and in the television series. And that's not something they're succeeding at uh, with the DC characters, except There's- for Harley Quinn. There, there's a couple of things that that specifically, um, like philosophically, inform that for Marvel, mm-hmm. uh, and and it, it might seem like really deep in the weeds nerd shit, but um, DC has like Metropolis and Star City and Gotham. Marvel has New York City. They have San Francisco. They have Chicago. Um, Mar- DC does a lot of reboots where every time they get tired of their current continuity, they just start everything all over and some of the same things happen and some of the same things happen differently with Marvel. Marvel has a sliding time scale. Uh, essentially when Marvel comics are published, that is when they take place. Yeah. There are mm-hmm. some fixed things like Captain America fighting in world war two, the Punisher fighting in the Vietnam war, though that's getting a very difficult stretch uh, more and more every day. I thought they had updated that to like the first Iraq war. I know they did that in ultimates. I wasn't sure. sure if they had updated that for, for Frank totally, but I mean, um, I think they, they're, they go gray area. No yeah. one has any specific, like, you know, Iron Man's origin is no longer Vietnam. He is right. just a cave somewhere. Right. But uh, yeah. So, I mean, the, those things make Marvel a more personal, like realistic in terms of like people. Yeah. It's grounded in reality. DC is grounded in, in uh, mythology. Speaking mm. of grounded in reality, let's talk Rogers the musical. <laughs> which <Hell> was yeah. <laughs> uh, like the most, like, okay. So what I love about this is I saw some people 
on Twitter complaining about how it was bad. And it's like, yeah, dumbass. Like, that's the point. And people were like, I can't believe that from my after credit stinger, I had to watch the whole like song from Rogers the musical. I was fine. I didn't need that. Like <laughs> the 10 seconds I saw was bad enough. It's like, okay. It was it hilarious. Is, it it is was a, hysterical. It is a pitch perfect send up of Broadway musicals and them getting the wrong tone about the thing they cover. Like it's especially the like, like we're all in this together. New York City is singing and like, like, like the green body paint on a scrawny Hulk, the dude, like the the loose baggy fitting outfits. Like it was, it was a fucking amazing. And and showing up and they're like, he wasn't even there. the the thing it made me think of you know it's after this huge tragedy is two huge tragedies have happened one worldwide with the snap and then the the battle of new york city and all that like it kind of reminded me of once like 10 years had passed 9-11 and people started to do like 9-11 the movie and like yeah. traumatizations mm-hmm. and that sort of thing it was like enough time had passed where people could find a way to cash in on this tragedy uh-huh. while being New York strong. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah. arguably half that cast was barely alive at the time. Yeah. Yes. This is, right. I mean, so timeline, this is set in, in 2025. So it's a right. full yes. 13 years or so after this event happened. Right. So That's good to note. Yeah. Some of them may not even remember this. Event. Right. It was really great. I, uh, I really loved the, I, I really loved uh, uh, at the very opening when Clint watching it and just taking out his hearing aid. <laughs> just, like, just like, I mean, if I have to sit here, I'm not going to listen. <laughs> uh, Mark, was that, I, for some reason, I think the comment I read was about you, your uh, a theory about why Ant-Man is in the musical. Was that your... I- I may have posted a link to something. I read something on it where someone was speculating like that. It's, it's evidence of some of the time travel shenanigans because he wasn't there originally, but he wound up being there after the fact. See what, uh, that, uh, that is interesting. It's, it it must've been someone else. I read's comment then because it Mm -hmm. was, uh, their theory was, uh, whoever it is that actually like wrote the musical, got all their information from Scott Lang. Like Scott Lang was like, yeah, I'll tell you all about what happened. I'm friends sure. with the Avengers. Sure. Yeah, and so Luis. Yeah. And so either him or uh Luis, who is, you know, got the, the big mouth, mm. telling someone else all about the story of the battle for New York. And they're like, well, where'd you hear this? Oh, Ant-Man's friend. Oh, so he was there. Cool. Dope. All right. Yeah, yeah. And then they just mm. wrote him in. Like, because that's how they heard the story. Or, and they therefore... just, or it was like, Ant-Man wasn't there. I know, but it works better for the song if he is. It's just, I need, I need, I don't want an odd number. I need an, yeah. I need eight for the verse. Alexander <laughs> Hamilton didn't rap, you guys. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I also think, so something else I noticed uh, uh, with the, this show and, and with talking about Yelena taking over as, as Black Widow and Kate taking over as Hawkeye, we know that Shuri is taking over as Black Panther. I don't know if they had planned that or if that was just an Probably not that fast. Probably not uh, that fast. But so we've got Shuri taking over Black Panther, uh, Yelena taking over Black Widow, uh, Kate taking over Hawkeye, uh, Sam taking over Captain America. So Thor is Thor. But we also know we got Jane 
yep. is going to be mm-hmm. taking over the Thor role. Yeah, but they'll and never so, keep Natalie Portman around to be in a new series. I don't I don't think we're going to get a series, but I just like the idea that in this, what are we in, phase five, four. phase four, mm-hmm. that so far everything has been about passing the mantle. You mean uh, they're doing something that Marvel could never bring themselves to do for sales reasons? Yeah, They've tried yeah. so many times to replace some of these characters and no one will let them. And so I think we've got, I'm, I'm interested to hear your takes on who you think could take over as Iron Man. Oh, I mean, aside from War Machine. Aside from War Machine. I don't, let's say it's not War Machine. Well, who do you, who could you see ending up? They're doing an Iron I mean, Heart. Iron Lad. Iron oh, Lad. Iron doing, Lad. Doing, well, they are doing I Iron mean, Heart. I mean, yeah. they have introduced Iron Lad, technically. Because yep. Iron Lad is an avatar of <laughs> Kang. Yeah, he's young Kang. He's young yep. Kang. We've seen, we know they're doing a show with Riri Williams yeah. uh, yep. for Iron Heart. Yep. So there's, that's possible. Uh, that's way down the line. It is way down yeah. the line, but I just, I, yeah. I mean. I mean, we're, we're in a place right now where they've introduced, I think, all of the elements actually needed to get us to uh, Iron Lad. And that's a broken vision on his own trying yep. to find himself and Kang. Yep. And, yep. Yeah. you know, and an opportunity, uh, uh, basically a power vacuum with which to do something. I think I think it's I just it's a little thing that and it's been they've been really subtle about it. Like even with Kate Bishop taking over as Hawkeye when she was like, what about like Lady Hawk? And he's like, no. And she's like, what about you know, what about this? And he's like, ah. and she's like, I guess you could just call me. And then it just ends with the Hawkeye logo, yeah. which was a very subtle and great way to do it. Uh, they did that last episode of. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the last episode changed to Captain America and the yep. Winter Soldier. Yeah. They're doing a lot of it in this very understated kind of way that I think is very cool. You, you mean they're lifting off the in, uh, lifting the Invincible series uh, trope? Of, uh, <laughs> every time someone says the name, flash the credits instead? I guess it's... Well, they... But they do that... They do this in the Marvel comics to some degree where yeah. sometimes someone will be like, oh no, it's Iron Man, and it'll be like the, the Iron logo. Man logo mm-hmm. in the text mm-hmm. bubble, and and yeah. where they'll actually pop it in like that. It kind of reminds me of that. I yeah. think that that the MCU, the advantage that they have of the comics is because these are actors playing these roles, and these actors are going to age out of the roles. The audience can accept transitioning a role to a new character much better than they can accept it in the comics. I agree, um, mm-hmm. and that that's yeah. great. I'm glad that yeah. they can do that. I'm glad they are doing it. They're not just trying to be like, okay, so the, we got to find a new blonde guy who looks like Chris Evans, right? Because you uh, can't do it. No, well, you really can't. And it's, I think maybe the audio, the, it's not just that it's a TV show. I think live being live action is a huge factor, but I think also the audience is younger. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they, I think it's just like, a, a more acceptable, less kind of set. In I mean, their ways. I bet the the vast majority of the people that watch these movies and TV series are not people like us, and have no yeah. relationship with the comic books whatsoever, yeah. and don't know that Spider Man has been an unchanged twenty something since they allowed him to not be sixteen anymore sometime in the mid seventies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I don't. I don't have a lot of, I don't know anything about obviously the teams that are working on, you know, the MCU stuff, but I can tell you from a Marvel licensing standpoint, everybody I've met who works for Marvel is young and diverse. 
Uh, it is, it is, you would not, ex- it is not who you'd expect. Let's just say when you're thinking, when you're picturing who's in charge of saying yes to Marvel licensing things, uh, it, it is, it is a, a much different, it's not the old crusty white cishet guys that you imagine at no, the helm sometimes of things. It's- crusty white cishet guys who are pretending to be Asian guys instead. Oof. Oh no. Uh, who is that? <laughs> the, the current editor in chief of Marvel, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh um, no. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's, story. A whole yeah. other that's, topic. Whole other. that's a different episode. Well, I think so. I would, let's say, let's, let's do a letter grade. We never do this, but fuck it. If you're going to give a letter grade to Hawkeye overall as a series, what's your letter grade? A to A to F. Uh, a, a perfect A. A perfect A. Tim? Pretty solid A for yeah? me. Yeah, yeah. I, I I also have a solid A. Uh, Mark, what's no. your what's your what's your butthole like? <laughs> I, I'm you know what I'm I'm going with A minus. I think Ooh. I I think that there were some a few rough edges on it. I think Fair. I you know there are so many great moments about it that I think it's a little easy to forget that some of the pacing, especially in the early episodes were maybe, was maybe a little off. And again, I, I do have some problems with, uh, um, with the way that they portrayed a few characters, but Hmm. not an awful lot. I just, uh, pacing is the, is the wrong term. I think maybe some of the editing was a little weird in the first couple of episodes until they figured everything out. Well, all right, you heard it here. The overall gray ends up being an A, but it's yeah. uh, with a with an asterisk. It's almost a little little a lower. Asterisk. Look, a asterisk. It's a, right. a three point eight nine <laughs> yeah, yeah. GPA. It's so still Mark, pretty good. It's still. It, it, I mean, that'll get you into college. Yeah. Uh, Mark, you wrote us five questions as a returning guest. I I did, That's and it's only exciting. been like four months since the last time I did this. And we, uh, nice. we didn't hear these questions ahead of time. No. Sometimes we do, but so for this one, we, not this not. time we're, uh, we're going to go with, the, we're going to, we're going to zero in on them with our Hawkeye like senses. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, hopefully after almost 500 episodes, I'm not zeroing in on questions you've heard a dozen times before. No, no, no. It's, this is a, uh, you're, you're going to be great. It's going to be, you're doing great, sweetie. <laughs> All right. you, know, you know what? These are questions that I haven't answered before. So screw you all you. Hey, uh, perfect. All right, you all right, hit us. Question one. All right. What imaginary language would you like to be fluent in and why? Langbelta. Oh. Uh, Langbelta mm. is the Belter Creole in the Expanse, and I love it. I love it to death, and I wish I could just speak it fluently because I think it sounds so cool. Uh, Tolkien's Elvish. God damn it. God damn it, Nick. <laughs> that can still be yours, Tim. Well, and it's going to be. There's but now so many different sounds, Elvish. Now it just sounds like I'm copying him. Uh, yeah, it, the, I, I think the Elvish language in, in Tolkien is beautiful. So that's a great language to know. What would yeah. yours be, Mark? Uh, dupe. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. <laughs> like, that? It's like speaking Groot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, so dupe is a is a weird green floating potato shaped character from the Marvel comics. He's technically a mutant. Um, kind of, I don't know. It's he's, a little hard he's to say. Adjacent. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, and he speaks in uh, in in fancy Grawlics, essentially. Wingdings. Yeah. He speaks in Wingdings. Excellent. Uh, and yet, everyone understands him despite all of this. Um, I like it. I like yeah. it. All right. Question two. Uh, are there any? Well, so let me preface this by saying I think we're all music people here have a, an appreciation for these things, and I have a, yeah. a a deep and abiding love for for music of a wide variety of things. Uh, so, in that vein, 
are there any unabashedly religious musicians or music songs albums that you unironically love? Uh, yeah. Uh, Chance the Rapper like talks about God in literally every single fucking song he does. And it bothers me a little, but I can't deny how catchy they are and how talented he is. So like, I still listen to it and I still like it. But it, it rubs like I'm like ah damn it there's that uh, verse again yeah, the soft yeah. spot for the the Elvis uh, gospel records no <laughs> no Tim what about you uh, you know I don't know if there's a religious album but I mean there's an artist who I unironically like who's super Christian and has a lot of songs that are super Christian would be uh, would be Dolly Parton that's oh, a good sure. one yeah yeah because I mean she's fucking awesome but she's and also she's the right, hardcore christian she's the right kind of christian though she's yeah. done gospel <laughs> she's done gospel albums yeah, yeah. Role, i think yeah mm-hmm. uh so the song is not written to be religious but people do it religiously i love leonard cohen's hallelujah uh and it's very unfortunate because people use it in religious contexts all the goddamn time without paying attention to the lyrics and uh but i love that song i i I first heard Jeff Buckley's version, like most people. I have since come to love Leonard Cohen and U2's versions. Uh, and I have to say, I I love it, even though it, I mean, doesn't Hallelujah basically translate to something that means like all light to God or something? It, it means something religious, even the word. So, Inherently. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Mark? Uh, oh, uh, well, Jamaican music in general is oh, very yeah. broadly religious and that's definitely my bailiwick, but I'm going to, I'm going to throw a slight curveball to that and say, Modest Yahoo. Oh, um, Modest Yahoo. He's great. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's just, there's nothing quite like, uh, a, 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 a listening to Jamaican music as recorded by at the, well, at the time, a, a deeply Hasidic Jewish man. Yeah. Um, he, he has since moved on. Well, he since essentially stopped presenting as Hasidic, but he's still deeply Jewish. He just Very doesn't orthodox. hold to, to the wool anymore, yeah. you know, yeah. and, the, yeah. and all those things. But like, I, I I can't sing along with these songs. I don't give a shit about Jerusalem uh, in in that term. You know, I don't have these relationships with it, but the music is amazing. And the dude is so talented. Yeah. There's some Bob Marley songs I really love that I also feel a little disingenuous singing along to because I'm like, I mean, all right, calm down. <laughs> like we're not, we're not all that excited about the God part, but yeah. Well, and you know, there's a there's a little bit of an othering aspect to that when listening to J- Jamaican music because you're talking about a fringe religion in a lot yes, of ways. Very and, much. Very I mean, much. there's a lot of a lot of it that is actually very Catholic and and just straight, you know, mainline Christian, but some of it is Rastafarian, and that's a very different beat. So it seems to take some of that edge off, but it's really not any better. (laughs) It's really not. (laughs) It's still Christianity, baby. (laughs) Yeah. Question three. Um, All right. Um, So how about a favorite explicitly irreligious, atheistic or uh, song uh, or artist album or any recommendations along those lines? Mm. That's actually a little harder to come by. Turns out musicians are very into God. Who sings that we're going to have a Jihad song? Oh, um, Mac, uh, Lethal? Mac Lethal. Mac Lethal has a song called Jihad that is 
uh, very good and sacrilegious. Uh, <laughs> it is, uh, the, the chorus is basically like, uh, follow me, follow me, follow me. We're going to have a jihad uh, against the religious. The, it's it's uh, basically all the atheists are going to stand up and rise up because the religious people are ruining the world. Uh, but he, he has, he's had, a, he has a couple of good, yeah, Songs he, like uh, that. you might know him as the uh, the pancake rapper on YouTube, but uh, yeah, yeah Mac Lethal's great. Uh, Lil Dicky also has some good anti-religious stuff. Uh, yeah, he's, for, he's culturally Jewish and an atheist. Yeah, uh, I mean, if we're gonna talk about bands, I guess you could just say like Bad Religion, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but they did that. They did that really sincere Christmas album a few years ago. Uh, oh no. Fuck. I mean, I mean, it's not religious, but they like took it so seriously. Like the songs yeah. are awesome, but they're they only recorded like the most Christian of Christmas songs. Well, while these two are thinking, what, what what's your answer, Mark? Um, so I, uh, I I've got a couple of songs and bands that I really like. Um, there's a there's a song by a band called The Riot Before that recorded a song called Words Written Over Coffee. Um, mm. which I, I noticed when I played it in my car back in the day off the CD that it had all of the original like working titles as the track names on the yeah. text. And it was explicitly called at that point, Why I Don't Believe in God. Um, <laughs> That's the, great. The song is is written as like a letter that he's writing to, I believe, like a passed on parent about I'm, I am I never wanted to disappoint you, but you need to stop waiting for me because I am never uh, going to look for heaven anymore. That's good. You know, that's it, good. I, I really I, I really like the song, even though it, it's basically about someone who's an adult coming to their irreligiality. And I mm -hmm. never had that i've just always sure. kind of been like this um but in a in a broader term i think streetlight manifesto makes a lot of really good records that are not really or that are they're they're anti not religion necessarily but maybe dogmatic certainly mm -hmm. i think they they come from maybe an an eighth and uh not necessarily an atheistic perspective, but an agnostic one. And sure. it's very much about anti, you know, anti churches and anti, you know, doing these other things without necessarily saying that I'm not, I don't believe in something bigger, but no one can know for sure. Right. Yeah. Mm. Tim, uh, what about you? Uh, I was uh, looking it up cause I was trying to remember. And then I was like, Oh yeah, I know it is. Uh, uh, 1980s is kind of when I, musically awoke so blasphemous rumors by depeche yes that's such a, a good really, song really, it's a good song that's it's super ironic it's really pretty even though yeah. it's super dark about a girl who who tries to commit suicide and then finds god and then gets put into a coma in a car accident and dies <laughs> and yeah it's just, it's it's just a great fucking song so good uh, Nick? Uh, i don't mind for sure okay. uh, uh no effects has a number of songs that are uh, explicitly anti-religious. This is the song I thought you were going to uh, pick. So but pick. The, the first <laughs> song that comes to mind is Best God in Show. Uh, is, uh, it's like I have no consideration and zero mutual respect for billions that suffer from rational thought neglect. Like it is, it's great. Like completely and totally. It's got a bit of a ska punk beat. Yeah, it refers yeah. to to the Bible as a two thousand year old medical journal for with techniques <laughs> on bloodletting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's not wrong. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. Tim, your answer made me also think of Dear God by XTC, which is a really good one. Oh, yeah, really yeah, good that's one. a good one, sure. too. That's another 80s one that I remember hearing mm. as a kid and being like, yeah, fuck you. What? <laughs> yeah. All right, question four. Uh, what's your favorite meme? Oh, my God. What's your favorite meme? Okay, I am a meme lord, so it's going to have to be what my favorite meme is right now. Like uh, <laughs> my, my favorite. Okay, so right now I uh, I am a big fan of. So I I was a big fan of the Sheeb, uh, Super Sheeb stuff with the Shiba Inu, with all the like wild plays, like so amazed, such such Doge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and since then, Doge has been transformed into Chad and. Uh, the sad dog. Yeah, yeah. It's like buff, buff doge and like wimpy doge. So like right now I really love that meme where it's uh it is buff doge and he's usually saying something very strong and powerful and like alpha and then wimpy doge who's like all huddled in the corner uh, with the follow-up that then wimpy doge has been turned into a uh, bonk go to horny jail, yeah. which is a meme I love very much, yeah. which is just him bonking another dog. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, there are two, uh, like meme template or exploitable templates that are, uh, Eric Andre from the Eric Andre show Mm -hmm. on adult swim, uh, that come to mind immediately. One is him at like the gates to the white house going, let me in, let me in. And it's, you know, like a movie producer, this movie would be based in a jungle. Dwayne the Rock Johnson, let me in, let me in. You know, uh, and the other Eric Andre one is Hannibal Buress is sitting in the chair behind him and he shoots Hannibal Buress and says, Why would you know why would you do this? Or why would Hannibal why would, do this? Why would or, Hannibal or do this? Yeah. And so it's often something like, you know, uh uh South American country elects a, a socialist leader. The CIA shoots him. Why would socialism do this? Yeah, oh. yeah. yeah I, those are. Yeah. Tim, favorite meme? Uh, I guess you know with, with Molly, I kind of go with something that's a, a little more current that I'm enjoying, and it's the uh, because we're doing is something about a Marvel series. It's the Ag- Agatha Harkness wink. <laughs> it's just there's so many great things to go with that so yeah i I almost i I almost used that today at work (laughs) it was like (laughs) instead i just wrote wink but it was very i was like Mm. do i want to take the time all right mark what's your favorite meme uh so i'm gonna go vintage with this one that brings warm and fuzzies to me here and i'm gonna say yata oh Mm. yes yeah sure Uh sure sure Um, all the like new grounds videos and all that and yeah and you know and I just, you know, that's, that's root culture for me. I am an old, this is high school yeah. now. And like, it's just, uh, all your base, etc. Did you just say you're an old Mark? You're so young. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, I am two to years me. from being 40 now. Wow. Uh, Come on. <laughs> Tim and I just died. <laughs> I'm five years from being 50. I'm also five years from being 60. So... <laughs> Hey, I see what you did there. <laughs> awesome. Question five. Uh, what's your ideal dumpling? Mm. Mm. Ideal dumpling. Because there are, you know, any culture there basically are on the planet um, has dumplings. I can go. Uh, there's uh, gyoza, 
dumplings mm-hmm. are um, a specific kind of Asian dumpling. Um, there's a kind they make at Lian Chin, which is the Asian food store that I work for, that's quite good, but it's especially delicious if you deep fry it rather than mm. steam it, which is the way they usually prepare it. If you toss it into a deep fryer for about two minutes and then dip it in pot sticker sauce, that stuff is just about gold. It's amazing. Gyoza is also my favorite dumpling, but uh, I have a very specific request is that it can't have any onions or scallions in it. That's, t- so that's tough. It's very tough. So, <laughs> But I do make my own and I'm very good at it. Uh, and so I like to do uh, minced chicken and mushroom and garlic mm. uh, in, mm. in mine. And so it's just minced chicken, mushroom, garlic, uh, uh, maybe a little bit of shredded carrot if I can get it cooked down enough and then uh, fold it over. And then, yeah, I do, a, I do a pot sticker method where I steam them for a while and then I pan fry them to finish them that sounds right. great there's a lot of dumplings that i like but i don't i don't eat pork so like he doesn't eat pork and i don't eat onions there's so. a lot of things out there that are yeah. you know it's like tricky. shumai like it's it's you know basically impossible to find without pork because that's what it is mm-hmm. uh but uh i'm gonna go the other direction completely and say i am fond of soup dumplings oh yeah mm-hmm. western mm-hmm. dumplings like chicken dumpling soup where it's just like a flour dumpling. Oh, so you mean tea. dumpling in soup, not yes. the soup dumplings yeah. we no. had in Austin. Well, mm-hmm. soup dumplings, yeah. also fucking yes. delicious. But uh, no, I'm going to go with like uh, Western flour balls that you put into fucking savory sure. soups. Yeah, yeah. Like what about, do you like matzo balls? Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I make, whenever I make biscuits, uh, uh, there's always a little extra because you can't, you know, you got a little, a little bit of runoff after a while. And I'll use that to make chicken dump, chicken and dumplings because that's the perfect, the perfect dumpling mm-hmm. is biscuit dough. Yep. Mark. Yeah, Mark. Uh, oh, I'm going to join uh, the other three or the other the two and, and, and say Jaltsa because those are, those are my favorites. Except- oh my gosh. How do you pronounce it? I'm terrible. Oh no, no. I, I went with the Chinese pronunciation. So what is Jaltsa, it? Jaltsa. Jaltsa. Yeah. Um, it's, nice. I mean, it's, it's the same thing, or you can just say pot stickers if you're everywhere sure. else, because Jiaotzu yeah. ja, literally translates to stick pot or pot stick, something sure, like that. Sure, sure. Um, but uh, you know, I, I like you. I I make a lot of my own, and I make a variety of them. Uh, one that I really like to make is uh, tofu, spinach, and pine nuts. Um, that one's that one's a really good one. Um, but you know, honestly, if it, if I was going to pick my favorite one, it would be you know. Pork, scallion, cabbage, um, you know, shaoxing wine, you know, a little bit of brown sugar, you know, all the things that you'd want in, in there. Um, but I do the pan fry, add water to steam and cover it, and then, uh, you know, and then it'll release when it's done. And that is kind of what I do. Oil. Yeah. yeah, that is kind of what I do too. But, but yeah, it should, it should be crispy on at least one side, if not yep. two. Yes. And uh, and but still soft and and cooked through. Uh, right yeah, now, yeah. I have I have a whole bunch of them that I made like a month ago, sitting in the freezer in. Yeah. The, impossible beef variety and then pork that I made for, for nice. 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 I got to make some more gyoza. I got to make some more pot stickers now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Mark. Those were excellent questions. Uh, if you want to send us five questions, you can send them to five questions at geeks Uh, and also we are approaching our 500th episode. We have been doing this show every week without fail. 
If that means something to you and you have a little cash to spare, we would really love it if you could donate to our Patreon and just give us some money. If you have paid us a little bit of money every month, you got to hear, listen to this episode early. Sometimes it's days early. Sometimes it's, you know, entire weeks early. Uh, We do what we do. Uh, But thank you so much for supporting us through all this time. If you've been here since the beginning, I'm so sorry. And wow. thank you. <laughs> Haven't and we gotten we, better we are, though? I know we are so much yeah. better, except for the parts where we're not. So just focus on the parts where we are. That's like this part right like, here. We don't know how to this end the podcast. Still. You know what? It doesn't matter. No Stephen, Stephen King can't end a book and he's a millionaire. So <laughs> I just want to say thank you to everybody. We look forward to hearing from you more uh, comments, all that great stuff. And we will see you next Tuesday. Bye. 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 Okay, we'll go over this again. Thwip is the sound webbing makes. Thup is the sound an arrow makes. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. Need more geeks without God? Go to our website, read our blog posts, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Twitter at Geeks Without God. Social media! We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. What did I just trip over?